You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated and time-consuming fast. Now you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, Vanta. Vanta's leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews. Watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber. Lockbit's reawakening. China's ramp up to safety for vital sectors. Data leak leaves China feeling exposed. Malware hidden by North Korea and fake developer job listings. UK watchdog rebukes firm for biometric scanning of staff at leisure centers. SVR found adapting for the cloud environment. DOE proposes cybersecurity guidelines for the electric sector. Wideness of breach in the financial industry revealed. Things are starting to look up in the cybersecurity startup ecosystem. UK's National Cybersecurity Centre announced they are launching a cyber governance training pack for boards. N2K President Simone Petrella talks with Elastic CISO Mandy Andres about the CISO role in the intersection of cybersecurity, law, and organizational strategy. And there's a facial recognition battle going on at Waterloo. Today is February 26, 2024. I'm Trey Hester, filling in for Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. The Lockbit ransomware gang has reemerged with a new website, signaling its intent to continue malicious activities. This resurgence serves as a stark reminder for the persistent challenges faced by organizations worldwide. Despite previous takedowns and disruptions, Lockbit's return demonstrates the resilience and adaptability of cybercriminal organizations. Unveiling a new Lockbit website reaffirms their commitment to expanding operations and attracting new victims. A few key takeaways from this return of Lockbit include resilience of cybercriminals, sophisticated attacks, the ransomware-as-a-service model, preventative measures, and collaborative defense. 
Following the recent data breach of the Chinese Ministry of Public Security, China moves to bolster cybersecurity measures in key industries, underscoring the global imperative to fortify defenses against cyber threats. With escalating cyber espionage and attacks, organizations worldwide must prioritize robust cybersecurity strategies. The growing sophistication of cyber adversaries necessitates proactive defense measures, including comprehensive risk assessments, advanced threat detection systems, and employee training. Collaborative efforts within and across industries are crucial for sharing threat intelligence and best practices to mitigate cyber risks effectively. In a significant cybersecurity revelation, documents reportedly leaked on GitHub have exposed the inner workings of iSoon, a Chinese information security company allegedly involved in extensive cyber espionage attacks. The documents include contracts, product manuals, and employee lists pointing to a comprehensive support system for Beijing's hacking endeavors. These tools demonstrate iSoon's capability to infiltrate various systems undetected. Targets span across continents and sectors, implicating telecommunications firms, government departments, and even educational institutions in countries including India, Thailand, Vietnam, South Korea, and NATO members. Analysis of the documents suggests that iSoon functions as an APT for hire, working with China's Ministry of Public Security and possibly other state agencies. The collaboration aligns with Beijing's increasingly aggressive cyber espionage strategies. The leaked documents not only reveal the technical aspects of these operations, but also shed light on the human element within iSoon. Phylum's research arm has unveiled a sophisticated malware campaign targeting developers through open-source NPM packages. Attackers, disguising malicious code within seemingly benign packages like execution time async, aim to steal cryptocurrency and credentials. Techniques include masquerading as legitimate software, exploiting service and dormant accounts, and self-hosting malicious dependencies to evade detection. The campaign has evolved, responding to NPM package takedowns by shifting tactics, including hosting malicious content on self-run servers. Evidence suggests a connection to North Korean state-sponsored activities, highlighting the significant risk to developers and the broader software supply chain. Developers are urged to exercise caution, vetting any code from the internet closely to avoid falling victim to these sophisticated attacks. The UK's Information Commissioner's Office has mandated Serco to halt the use of facial recognition and fingerprint scanning for monitoring over 2,000 employees across 38 leisure centers, citing unlawful biometric data processing. Highlighting the power imbalance and lack of opt-out options, the ICO demands the destruction of all unlawfully retained biometric data within three months. Emphasizing the risk and irreversible nature of biometric breaches, the ICO's enforcement stresses the need for fair and proportionate use of such technologies in the workplace. And over to our pronunciations desk, we have Alice Carruth from the T-Minus Space Daily Podcast to assist with the proper pronunciation of leisure. It's leisure, Trey. Leisure. Thank you. Be sure to check out the T-Minus Space Daily podcast on the N2K Space Network or wherever you get your podcasts. A recent NCSC advisory highlights the threat posed by the SRV, also known as APT-29, as they adapt tactics for initial cloud access, targeting sectors from aviation to the military. Using techniques like brute forcing and exploiting dormant accounts for initial access, the SVR has moved beyond traditional on-premise network attacks. The use of residential proxies helps them stay undetected, posing significant challenges to cybersecurity risk management. 
effective mitigations remain multi-factor authentication and identity and device enrollment policies. This evolution underscores the need for robust security measures against sophisticated threats, especially as organizations increasingly rely on third-party cloud-based infrastructure. The U.S. Department of Energy has announced new cybersecurity baselines for electric distribution systems and distributed energy sources like solar and wind. Developed in partnership with the National Association of Regulatory Utility Commissioners, the initiative aims to protect America's energy infrastructure against growing cyber threats. By providing uniform cybersecurity standards, the DOE seeks to prevent a fragmented approach to cybersecurity across states, enhancing the resilience of the nation's electric systems. The effort underscores a collaborative push towards safeguarding critical energy infrastructure against major risks, with further work planned in 2024 to develop implementation strategies and adoption guidelines for nationwide standardization. In an update to our earlier coverage about the Lone Depot data breach, the company has now confirmed that nearly 17 million customers were impacted by the ransomware attack. The breach exposed sensitive personal information, including social security numbers, names, dates of birth, and financial details. This incident marks a significant escalation in cyber risks to the financial industry, with Lone Depot joining the ranks of companies like Fidelity National Financial, which also have suffered major cyber attacks recently. The full impact of this breach on Lone Depot's financial health remains to be seen. In a recent breach notification filed with the Maine Attorney General, U-Haul confirms a data breach impacting 67,000 customers in the U.S. and Canada, compromising names, birth dates, and driver's license numbers. The breach occurred throughout the second half of 2023 and was initially discovered in December of 2023. Affected customers have been notified. The breach, due to unauthorized access with legitimate credentials, led to enhanced security measures and free credit monitoring for affected individuals. Friend of the show David DeWalt, also the managing director of Night Dragon and former CEO of both FireEye and McAfee, just published the analysis and some optimistic predictions for the cybersecurity startup market in 2024. David reports that in 2023, cybersecurity investments fell by 40% amidst a broader 35% decrease in global venture capital. Despite this downturn, customer demand continues to grow. CISOs report increased budgets for 2024, with IT investment expected to rise by 8%. Seed rounds, making up 42% of the funding, highlight a sustained interest in early-stage innovation. And significant raises, such as Heal Security's $4.6 million, reflect confidence in startups tackling emerging risks like AI and quantum. The shift to more sustainable investment and business models is the key, and David predicts a strong 2024 across mergers, AI, and early-stage companies. And this is a UK-heavy briefing today. The UK's National Cybersecurity Centre announced they are launching a cyber governance training pack for boards to enhance cyber risk management skills and knowledge. This initiative emphasizes boards' vital role in cybersecurity governance, offering practical guidance to leverage technology benefits and mitigate threats like cybercrime and ransomware. It also complements another initiative, a proposed cyber governance code of practice by the Department of Science, Technology, and Innovation, aiming to educate boards on risk management without needing to be tech experts. Coming up after the break, N2K President Simone Petrella talks with Elastic CISO Mandy Andres about the CISO role and the intersection of cybersecurity, law, and organizational strategy. 
In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard, and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Everybody, want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. N2K President Simone Petrella sat with Elastic CISO Mandy Andres to talk about the CISO role and the intersection of cybersecurity, law, and organizational strategy. Here's Simone. Today we have Mandy Andres from Elastic, CISO at Elastic here. Mandy, I wanted to start by asking you, I noticed that you have a law background as well, besides wanting to know how you decided to, to come into to the practice of law after being in cybersecurity. I'm curious, you know, in light of all these breaches, we saw editorially that the Biden administration was reporting to be preparing an executive order that was going to try and really stay foreign government's ability to access personal data on Americans, um, especially ones that could potentially jeopardize national security. And in light of just the massive breach that occurred you know, recently across all of these domains, is there anything you can comment on from a policy perspective on the implications of something like that if that executive order were to go into effect? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the United States, uh, whether through executive order or other actions, we just we need to take action in cyber deterrence measures, uh, whatever that looks like for whatever is being targeted at that time. Uh, a lot of discussion. It's critical to the country critical to national security, and we're just continuing to see that more and more. As an aside as to why I why I got into law, uh, I became very, very fascinated being in security, watching to try and see how older laws were being applied in modern day with current technology and the challenges and interesting 
scenarios that created that just sent me to law school because I like to I like to learn new things. Yeah, and I asked the question because I did the same thing. I was in security for ten years, and I went back to law school and got a law degree. So um, I recognize the the sort of desire in it. Have there been any particular areas that you have found that degree helpful as the laws have, you know, they have changed significantly over the 10 years. They move slowly. But what are some of the things that you're seeing as that starts to impact our industry on the cybersecurity side? It largely gave me the language to communicate better with, whether it's regulators or counsel, and also interpretation. So we're only getting more and more regulations and frameworks. And oftentimes, on the surface, what may appear to be conflicting requirements across regulations. But having that background can go through and, and read just the background of the regulation, what was intended, and understand how that was translated into what we see today and then how it's being implemented and the, the guidelines and, and procedures that are coming out of that. And really being able to put all of that together and have translated into what does that mean for my organization and being able to communicate. This regulation says you need to take X, Y, Z steps. And we recognize that doesn't make sense just literally as written in our environment, but we can go back and see, well, this is what was intended and this is how we can meet that intention of the regulation. And here's how we show that and, and explain that. And that's been a, a key skill that I really gained out of the law school experience. In that vein, what are some recommendations that you would give to your colleagues in that are serving as CISOs and organizations impacted by the new SEC disclosure rules? And is there anything that you would recommend they put in place, given some of the up-for-debate components or, or language that's been used in defining materiality and things like that? I think the key thing to me is if you are not already best friends with your general counsel or, or chief legal officer, go do that right now. Build that relationship. Uh, you will be working hand in hand with them because uh, ultimately as a, as a CISO, we're managing risk and protecting an organization, uh, but there's much broader business context that goes into what the SEC is looking for in the, the determination of materiality. That's not something that a CISO can do on its own, and it's something that uh, a broader organization needs to define for itself. So CISOs, General counsels, chief legal officers uh, working hand in hand are the ones that are working with the rest of senior leadership and, and boards to define what are those measures and what are the, the lines that we're drawing in materiality, pictures that we're drawing for our company uh, to then continue to implement and follow the, the new SEC guidelines. Great takeaway. And it really a reminder that cybersecurity is truly a, a team sport and there is a a paradigm shift that's kind of happening in the way that we think about CISOs' jobs, their job roles, and where they fit within the organization. You know, you've been in the industry for so long. What is some of the major areas you have seen evolved when it comes to just that approach to cybersecurity from an organizational standpoint? And are we improving? Are we getting better? Are we, are we moving the needle in the right direction? Definitely moving the needle in the right direction. The biggest change that I have seen is the recognition and acknowledgement that security is a core business risk and business issue. When I first started, it was very small, highly technical teams within IT. And now we've seen the evolution where CISOs are oftentimes reporting directly to the CEO and having input into business strategy and how does that 
impact and somehow either decrease or increase risks for the organization that we need to mitigate. Uh, so that's the biggest piece that I've seen. Uh, I've also just seen awareness grow. When I first came into internet security and websites and web hacking was a thing, and I was demonstrating to an, an internal auditor at a company that I was at, and and they, they looked at me and was like, why would anyone do, it, do that? I was showing a SQL injection and how you just put all of this garbage into this field. And it was it was hard at that time for people to, to comprehend why would someone not use the website in the way that it was intended. And we've only seen that continue to grow and expand and to where now, earlier and earlier in the cycle, look at it and go, okay, there's some really good things that we could do here. But there's also some things that are maybe not so good that could happen. And what do we do with that? How do we approach that? How do we try to, to head that off? So that's probably the second big change that I've seen. That's N2K President Simone Petrella speaking with Elastic CISO, Mandy Andres. Finally, there's a facial recognition battle going on at Waterloo, the University of Waterloo. An error showed up on a candy vending machine at the University of Waterloo. A student recognized the error, and soon a photo of the error was circulated around the university. M&M machines throughout the university have been altered by students covering up the tiny hole in the front that is thought to house the camera for facial recognition. Noting that the demographics of the university tend to be those in their late teens and early 20s, Students question the violation of privacy and the use of the technology. They've taken it upon themselves to add their own sweets to the vending machines, as those on campus now have creatively covered the holes with gum and other sticky substances. The vending machine company claims no ownership of the demographic data collected, and M&M Mars has not responded to inquiries. It doesn't look like this Battle of Waterloo will have a sweet ending for the candy machines, as students cleverly outsmart the facial recognition systems. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is me, with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Trey Hester filling in for Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. 
You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com slash cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash cyber. Cyber.